Continuing our National League Central Farm previews, there's an organization that has two high-level catching talents as well as quite a few interesting pitchers. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So when we're looking at the Pittsburgh Pirates, 62 and 100 last year, and you had a chance to promote some of your prospects Tall King O'Neill Cruz, Rowanzi Contreras came up and is probably your number one pitcher right now. Uh, that's more of an indictment of the rest of the rotation, but you had a chance to get some of your prospects up. But there's a lot of other guys that you're still working on that aren't quite there. Looking at your top prospects, two of your four top prospects are catchers. So number one prospect in the system, Indy Rodriguez, 2018 IFA, six foot one seventy, and Went to a lot of different levels last year. Started off in low, uh, in, in high A, got about a month, a little over a month in Double A Altoona, and a brief September call up into Triple A Indianapolis. Combined slash line in those 125 games: 323, 407, 590. Remember that magical 300, 400, 500 slash line that makes a guy a dude? There you go. 25 home runs. 68 extra base hits, so more than one every other game, 60 walks to 101 strikeouts, and 4 of 7 on stolen bases. Offensively, switch hitter and really had a breakout last year. Uh, The contact got better. The quality of contact got better. And a lot of it kind of came back to swing decisions, right? So... His exit velo and his raw power isn't like egregiously ridiculous, but very good swing decisions. And so you can maximize uh, what are above average but not elite exit velos if you can make high quality contact. And he's very, very good at doing that. Uh, He's been continuing to, to add muscle, and I expect that raw power to tick up a bit, but it's just something where. Uh, he's making the bet. He's making. He's getting the best possible outcome out of his tools. So I love that. Defensively, he's getting better. The blocking's getting better. The receiving's getting better. And it's something where they promoted Henry Davis ahead of him, so that they were in separate levels, so that they could both start full time. We'll get to Henry Davis in just a minute. Uh, he's been working on getting better with his throwing accuracy. So he had 17% of base dealers caught in 2021. Uh, He almost doubled that in 2022. And specifically over his 30 games in in AA Altoona, he got about 45% of base runners. So he significantly has worked there. Now, uh, he's a little more raw when it comes to pitch framing. And it's something where there's been some conversation about, are we going to get automated balls and strikes? Will that help us get him to the majors faster? Because with, 
With automated balls and strikes, it doesn't matter how good of a framer you are because it's being called by the machine. I still maintain from what I've been told, I expect any sort of automated ABS system in the bigs to be the challenge system more so than just every single ball and strike being automated. So he still has to do some work there. Uh, And if you decide that it's not worth the investment of trying to get him uh, up to speed on framing, he also played at second, at first, and a little bit in left field. He's athletic enough where he can move around the diamond if you want to. But I still think he would be your, your offensive first catcher uh, who I think could get to average defensively. Again, the only real issue on the defense, uh, he got a lot more consistent. He settled on a stance and all that kind of stuff. The only real issue is the framing, but that's such a big part of baseball that he's got to figure that out. Uh, number two prospect in the system, shortstop Tamar Johnson, 2022 first rounder out of high school. Short King, 5'8", 175, and got 23 games in between rookie ball and low A. Slash line 222, 366, 365, one home run, seven extra base hits, 16 walks to 21 strikeouts, and six of seven on stolen bases. He's a really interesting top 10 draft pick because he's small and he's considered to be a second baseman. Uh, they're giving him a chance to play short. Uh, he, he's got good hands and things like that, but the arm is kind of average. The range is limited, especially when you don't have the ability to shift to mitigate some of that stuff. He feels like he's going to be a future second baseman. But offensively, that is where he makes the money. He has such a great feel for hitting. It's, it's just, it's hard to teach that. Uh, hitter, there's a philosophy among some player development people, that hitters are born with it. They're not made. And he definitely is born with it. Fantastic bat control. He can manipulate the barrel to get a ball in any part of the strike zone. He's got a very good eye as far as not getting fooled by, uh, uh, you know, not getting induced to chase, things like that. And then the bat speed is amazing, especially for a guy who's so small, 5'8", 175. So... The, the the hit tool was a 70 grade, but the power tool grades out as probably a plus power tool. And so he's going to be an offensive first, second baseman. Uh, he's only going to be 18 years old on opening day. He's still a little bit young, but once he gets used to seeing some of the, the professional velocity, the professional spin, it's going to be really interesting to see how quickly he moves through the system. He just has to make that big adjustment. I expect him, looking at what he did in low A last year, it was a small sample size, but 275, 396, 450. He may skip low A next year and go to high A. I doubt that. He probably opens in low A, spends a little bit of time in Bradenton before he jumps to high A. But either way, Tamar Johnson looks to be fantastic. Time for the other catcher in the system, Henry Davis. He was the number one overall pick in 2021. Uh, 6'2", 210, he is a big boy, uh, came from University of Louisville, kind of that same trend of, of catchers that they have, and similar issues defensively to Indy Rodriguez. Needs to work on framing and things like that, still is a little bit behind Rodriguez when it comes to defense, to blocking, to receiving, 
things like that. He has a plus arm, but he's not incredibly accurate with it yet. So very much a a a work in progress defensively. There's been some conversation internally about should the Pirates move him to a corner outfield or something like that, despite his speed only being fringe to average. And from what I understand, he hasn't necessarily agreed to do that yet. There is some thoughts that he could make it work as an offensive-minded catcher in the bigs. You have the issue of if it's him and Rodriguez, you have two offensive-minded catchers. You don't have that great defensive guy. But offensively, plus power easily. Uh, He has a very unique kind of stance. He gets very aggressive as far as, like, he is as close on the plate as you can get. He's in the very edge of the batter's box towards the plate. He leans over the plate. He got hit a lot last year. I think he had, like, 20 hit hit by pitch. And so it's an issue, and it it, it causes a health issue. Uh, But the power's good, and... The bat path, the swing, the plate recognition, he can get to a ball anywhere in the batter's box. I'm sorry, anywhere over the plate. And the stats kind of bear some of that out. So 59 games that divided between low A, high A, and double A. 264, 380, 472. 10 home runs, 23 extra base hits, 21 walks to 51 strikeouts, and 9 of 11 on stolen bases. So I had a decent year. Could do better, but um, it was something where this was his first real year. He only got eight years or eight games in 2021 because of an oblique injury. So this was his first full season in baseball, really. So still a work in progress, but promising. You have to like what you see. Again, I think maybe he should probably end up moving to a corner outfield. Would be better for him health-wise, as well as allow him to get to the bigs sooner. Fourth prospect in the system, number four prospect. Right-hand pitcher Luis Ortiz, 2018 IFA, 6'2", 240. So big boy, has the size, and has all of the, the, the velocity and things like that to go with that size. Go 26 games last year between AA and AAA, not counting what he did in the bigs. Uh, 456 ERA and 124 in the third innings, 138 strikeouts, so 10 strikeouts per nine. To 38 walks, 2.8 per nine, 20 home runs allowed. Uh, he uses that size. He's got uh, plenty of velocity without having to do a, a, a high effort delivery. So fa- uh, fastball, he throws both a four seamer and a two seamer. I'd I'd give it a 70 grade. Uh, four seamer sits 96, touches 99. Two seamer is around the same velocity devastating against right-handed hitters, okay? Uh, he's The Pirates are still working with him to try to get more separation between those two pitches, but working on that. Has a plus slider, sits in the upper 80s, has vertical break. So you have the four-seam fastball, which for the most part is pretty straight. You've got the two-seamer that runs in. You've got the slider that breaks down. It is the best swing and miss pitch, but it gives him a nice little window there. Uh, he has a changeup that is average it he really only kind of uses it against righties so I would love to see him uh, get something that worked a little better against lefties and then just doing a little bit of polish around sequencing the pitchability some of that stuff and understanding the best ways to attack hitters but either way this is absolutely Luis Ortiz is absolutely a dude who could contribute positively at the big league level 
this season. He got in four games last year, 16 total innings in the bigs, 4-5-0 ERA, 17 strikeouts, 10 walks. So a little bit of work in progress, but really like what I see from Luis Ortiz. In just a minute, I want to go ahead and get to the rest of the pitching, the state of the pitching in this system. A lot of interesting guys with some little bit of work they have to do to realize their potential. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. We're excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On. That's the number one sports book in America. They have a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can join today, FanDuel.com slash Locked On, and get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. They have all your favorite bets, money line, point spread. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. They have player props. There are actually two different Pirates who have odds for National League MVP. Cabrian Hayes, plus 15,000. O'Neal Cruz, plus 20,000. So you bet 100 bucks, you win $20,000 if O'Neal Cruz is the MVP. Uh, so if you, if you have that much confidence in your team, go out, place these bets. Uh, all of this takes place on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. I got it. I downloaded it. You can turn on two-factor authentication if you want uh, extra security. It's a fantastic app. Works very well. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay. So the state of the pitching in this system, it's really interesting. There's a lot of pitchers in this top 10 who are intriguing guys. And this is, mind you, this is after you've already graduated Rowanzi Contreras last year. Uh, so first one I want is right-hand pitcher Quinn Priester, 2019 first rounder out of high school. Got 15 games in AA last year, 287 ERA in 75 and a third innings with 75 strikeouts. So so close to nine strikeouts per nine. It rounds up. 22 walks, 2.6 per nine, and only four home runs allowed. Uh, the thing here, and something that we've talked about with a couple guys before, the fastball uh, has pretty good velocity, 94 to 96. It's a four-seamer, but it doesn't have a lot of movement. So it gets pretty low swing and miss. He added a sinker in 2021. He polished it up really well last year, and now he throws it as much as he throws the four-seamer. He got a ground ball rate in double-A of over 50% with it, so that's kind of what he does. But a lot of that is to set up the curveball. It's a plus curveball. It's a vertical breaking curveball, high 70s, low 80s. Uh, also has a slider that's average in the upper 80s and a changeup that's average in the... Uh, upper 80s as well. The arm speed matches pretty well. It's got good run in. Uh, the slider is a little more inconsistent, but quite a few pitches there. Has the frame to be an everyday starter uh, and, and to go deeper into games. You just have to polish a lot of this stuff up. He's working on, again, the fastball movement is not great. And I feel like that does kind of limit the overall ceiling, but I could see him if he makes some adjustments to that because the control's good, above average control. I could see him being a, a mid-rotation guy. So, like Quinn Priester. A guy that has a little bit more work to do is Bubba Chandler, 2021 third rounder out of high school, 6'3", 215. 
He was committed to Clemson uh, for baseball and football, but they, they went over slot, spent $3 million for him to get him. Was a shortstop in 2021 as well as a pitcher. In 2022, he only DH'd. He did not play in the field. But they view him as a pitcher first. So 14 games, 11 starts, 2-6-1 ERA in 41 of the third innings, 60 strikeouts, so 13.1 per nine, to 28 walks, 6.1 per nine, with three home runs allowed. And all of this comes off of the fastball. The fastball is a 70-grade fastball. Sits mid to upper 90s, a ton of carry up in the zone, just 40% swing and miss last year. It is an absolute weapon, probably the best fastball in the system. Outside of that, because he's never been a full-time pitcher, he's always been pitching and hitting and playing multiple sports, he's still a little bit raw on a lot of the other stuff. He has a changeup. It could be plus. Uh, it's probably above average right now, sits in the high 80s. He's got a slider. Sits in the mid-80s, above average. It gets better the more he throws it. He just hasn't thrown it a ton. And the big thing here is he's never really been a full-time pitcher. He's been a baseball player. He hit, he throws, but he has to work on the mindset of, I am a pitcher. I can't just throw and rely on my stuff. I have to pitch. I have to sequence, I have to to work on all of that stuff, the extra little stuff that goes along with being a professional pitcher. They already took off some of the defensive responsibilities off of his plate by only having him DH last year. Uh, I think the batting is going to drop pretty soon. He has, I mean, he legitimately has good power. His average exit vehicle was like 90 miles an hour, but he also struck out like 40% of the time. So... I mean, 32 games, 35 strikeouts in low A last year, batting average of 184. So it's a scenario where I expect sooner rather than later, he switches over to just pitching. And when that happens, I think he could take off with the right mindset. Right-hand pitcher Michael Burrows, another interesting guy, 6'1", 200, another prep draftee, 2018 11th round. And uh, last year between double A and triple A, got 24 games, 22 of those were starts, 401 ERA in 94 and a third innings, 111 strikeouts, so 10.6 per nine, to 31 walks, three per nine, eight home runs allowed. So two pitch guy right now, uh, fastball plus pitch, low to mid 90s, really good carry up in the zone, plays really well high. Uh, curveball, high 70s, low 80s, one of those like hammer curveballs, just absolutely dives under the zone. Plus pitch as well. The two of those together are are very, very good. He was in the Futures game last year, and you just like tons of swing and miss off those two pitches. Uh, he has a changeup. He started to throw it a little bit more. It's, an above, it's average right now. I think it could get to above average. It's in the mid-80s. But he needs to add some sort of other pitch. Maybe something that doesn't break as much. I'd love to see something that had a little bit of a horizontal aspect to it. Maybe a slider, maybe a cutter, but he just needs to add another shorter breaking pitch. Um, so think he could be a back of the rotation guy. 
I do think if he never gets that third pitch up to where it needs to be, you're looking at a great fastball curveball reliever, could do some sort of, could run multiple innings, could do a high leverage kind of thing. So a lot of promise there. And then real quick, last pitcher I kind of want to mention, uh, Thomas Harrington, 2022 first rounder supplemental uh, out of Campbell. Interesting story here. He, uh, he, what he was a senior, a high school senior in 2020, didn't get a scholarship offer, walked on at Campbell, ended up being the conference freshman of the year, and then had a fantastic 2022 and got drafted 36th overall, got like 2 million bucks. Great story. But the stuff that he has, he has a lot of, of above average stuff. Nothing is elite, right? So he has, he started off with a two seamer, uh, sat in the low 90s. He's added a four seamer, sits in the low to mid 90s, can touch 96 or so. Would be nice to get a little bit more development out of that. He's only 6'2", 185, one of those rare college pitchers you could project a little bit more physical development for. Uh, has a slider. It's above average. It's one of those horizontal sweepy sliders, sits in the low 80s. He has a changeup that's above average, sits in the mid 80s, and a curveball that is. Eh, it's like a get me over, steal a strike early in a thing. Sits in the upper 70s, probably below average right now. But I think there's there's potential, and he could really jump because he's he's good at throwing strikes. He could just hammer strikes. He's going to be a fast mover. The question's going to be if he can add some more strength and velocity. How high could his ceiling be? So I expect him again to move fast through the system. It's just a question of where is the ceiling. In just a minute. I want to get to the superlatives, always the best part of every system right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we are back. Let's talk about uh, some of the superlatives for this pirate system. Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. You hear this from us all the time. Outfielder Matt Gorski is the person in this organization that this applies to. 6'4", 198, uh, is an outfielder from University of Indiana, 2019 second rounder. Got 81 games last year between low A, high A, double A, triple A. Uh, 280, 358, 598. 24 home runs, 39 extra base hits, 33 walks to 93 strikeouts, and 21 to 24 on stolen bases. He did a really good job last year of improving the swing. So he had issues where the top half and the lower half weren't quite connected. Uh, and and weren't in sync, he's fixed that. The bat path was a little wonky, he's fixed that. And so because of that now, I feel, I, feel, I feel a lot better about him not fitting the mold of a traditional your power tool's only as good as your hit tool guy. Because I feel like the hit tool has come up with the mechanical changes he's made to the swing. Defensively, the arm is plus, the speed is good, uh, the defense is above average. And so he could play center. He would also be probably a plus defender in a corner. But he strained a quad last year. So I'm not quite sure what the health situation is and when he's expected back. I, From what I understand, he should be ready for spring training. But really intrigued to see how the swing changes help him take off. Because again, he made it all the way up to AAA. Now he only got one game. He made it all the way from, uh, from low A two triple-A in his second season, second full season in the big. So very excited to see what happens here. Uh, breakout prospect in this system, I've got 
right-hand pitcher Jared Jones. And yes, there is a lot of righties and not a ton of lefties in this system. But I've got right-hand pitcher Jared Jones. 2020 second rounder out of high school, 6'1", 180. Got in 26 games last year in high A Greensboro. 462 ERA and 122 and two-thirds innings pitched. 142 strikeouts, so 10.4 per nine, to 51 walks, 3.7 per nine, 19 home runs allowed. So why I'm excited about Jared Jones, the fastball is a plus pitch. Sits in the mid-90s, he can run it up to 99, and he's got two plus breaking balls that tunnel really well off of that fastball. Now, they're, they're a little inconsistent. I haven't seen very many starts where he's landed on both at the same time, like where he's had the control for both at the same time. But uh, the, the the better one, the one he throws more often, is a slider. Uh, sits in the mid to upper 80s. Uh, he also has a, a, a curveball, sits in the low 80s. It has a little more vertical break than the, than the slider does. So it kind of gives you multiple options as far as uh, more horizontal break on the slider, more vertical break on the curveball, and then the fastball. But really great spin metrics. Uh, and one of them, he'll have control of one of them in any, in any given start. Uh, he does have a changeup, sits in the upper 80s. I, I don't love it yet. I think it's an average pitch. It He has really good arm speed for it, but I feel like it's a little too close to the fastball. I'd love for it to be maybe in the mid-80s versus the upper 80s. So just kind of be safe. So a lot of great tools there, right? The issues and some of the things that have been holding him back are there's a lot of delivery, or a lot of effort in the delivery. And so that's something where that probably impacts the control that you have on those breaking pitches as well as gives you a little bit of reliever risk, but he's very athletic. And I think if he can add a little bit of healthy weight, you know, 6'1", 180, maybe to 6'1", 200, you can not have to put so much effort into the delivery to still get the same velocity, and it should help the control. So I feel like when everything clicks, he's a number three, maybe a number two, it's just a matter of getting everything to work at the same time. And I think some of that's going to be the physical development getting back to that. Uh, guy in the system who needs to stay healthy, it's Henry Davis. He played eight games in 2021 before an oblique injury ended the season. This is the catcher. 53 games in 2022. He had two different left wrist injuries. I, If I remember right, I think one of them was from a bad swing and one of them was from getting hit by a pitch, which he got hit like 20 times because he crowds the plate. So. Uh, just needs to stay healthy so that he can hit some of these developmental milestones and get better like they're trying to help him do. Uh, best outfield defender, Travis Swaggerty, 2018 first rounder out of University of South Alabama and was taken at top 10 guy. Hasn't been as consistent in the pros as he was in college. He was seen as pretty safe in uh, as a college draftee. Had a lot of experience at South Alabama. I think he was a four-year starter. Uh, obviously, you know, lefty. Uh, walked more than he struck out. Had almost 30 home runs his final year. But he's had a little bit of injuries. 2020, obviously, missed it. He was at the alternate site. Uh, only got 12 games in 21 because he dislocated his non-throwing shoulder. I think he was like diving back to first base or second base or something. And the season ended. So, uh, got a full season in last year. And made it all the way up to the bigs. 
But in AAA, 107 games in AAA, 254, 348, 399. Nine home runs, 32 extra base hits, including eight triples, 57 walks to 117 strikeouts, and 20 to 25 on stolen bases. What I liked from him last year, he got better at not selling out for power, and he made better swing decisions. It's something where, like, he's always had really good strike zone recognition, but he would sell out trying to get this ball and generate the power. And in AAA in 2021, I mean, you in a small sample size, he hit three home runs in 12 games, slugging to over 400. But he, like it, it, it again, small sample size. It just didn't. He didn't look comfortable, and I don't feel like he hit his potential last year. Didn't do as much selling out. Brought the batting average up to 250. Brought the on base up to 350, but the slugging ticked down to just under 400. And given the profile, uh, one of the better defenders in the upper minors, not 80 grade or anything, but one of the better defenders with uh, above average arm, giving you plus defense, I feel like you can live with not great power production from Travis Swaggerty. He can be your bottom of the order Another table-setting type of guy, bat 250 in the bigs, um, walk half the time that he strikes out, and be a threat to steal bases. Like I said, he was 20 to 25. So it feels to me like a a 20 steals, 10 home runs, or maybe even 15 home runs over a full season is a realistic expectation for Travis Swaggerty, as well as giving you plus defense in center field. Fantastic week this week. We've got one more system coming, the Cincinnati Reds, who have a million middle infielders are lacking a little bit on outfielders and have to figure out what to do with Ellie De La Cruz, who strikes out a ton but also hits 300. It's really unique. Uh, but in the meantime, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, lockedonmlbprospects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in the new Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this is has been Locked on MLB Prospects.